Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in the tour van with a very high ceiling. I'm in the tour van of a band called Ott. I've got two members of the band here with me. I'd love each of you to introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Matt, and I play keys in Ott. I'm Tim Darcy. I do vocals and guitar. I was researching this interview earlier today, and I discovered two things about you guys that shook my perception of you forever. Ooh, very excited. Are you ready? Yes, I'm very ready. Definitely. So one of them was that none of you guys drink beer. I found that odd. That is, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitively not. But I like I like that as like a rec, like sorry, not record breaking, as like a a breaking you know story. Yeah, that's good. sure. Okay, maybe it's a hot take. Maybe it it's is good. a hot yeah. take. Yeah. Our drummer is gluten free, so like we do, I guess steer more towards other beverages. Yeah. But the rest of us drink beer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that was in a Reddit AMA, so that is false. You guys do drink beer. <laughs> That's, yes, definitely. We 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 have, yes, we do. As recently as last night, yeah. a beer has been consumed. <laughs> All right, the second thing is, I read that, Tim, you legally changed your last name to Darcy. That is true. That one is true. Yeah. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> Got you. So tell me the story behind that. Uh, well, I took my mother's maiden name. Um, I had been on the horizon for a long time, and I felt like even though it, it was just so much paperwork and it was a huge headache, it was like <laughs> definitely uh, definitely worth it. I'm, I'm very happy with the change. All right, I think it's time that we play a song. I'm going to play Desire off your latest record, Room Inside the World. So, guys, I would like you to imagine that the listeners have never heard of Ott before. Tell them something to prepare to hear this track. Uh... Romance, Bruce Springsteen. AOL keywords. Yeah, AOL keywords, <laughs> yeah. Groove, uh-huh. um, choir. Mm-hmm. I imagine it uh, so a, a situation yeah. so not too dissimilar to what we're doing right now where we're sitting in a car. Like, uh, Harmony from Gopal reviewed our record and uh, mentioned that the record felt like somebody was like talking about their life while they were driving together and to me if there's one song on the record that really feels like that it's it's desire didn't i say to you not to reason it was never gonna stay it was never gonna stay here you like the moon in a basket of wheat you rose out of the roses right under my mouth and if i would cry from this petty little town Shine back, we will notice Though you never owed us So passionately painted creatures were met To descend from the bleachers Without much more than a promise Well, you got it in your gut stinking I could taste it in your pain When you left and when you came And I could remark upon that old feeling But that won't make you Good time in 
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Desire off the record Room Inside the World by a band called Ott. I have two members of the band here with me, Tim and Matt. So now I would like you guys to tell me a little bit more about this song. I mean, let's see, very personally, it's one of my favorites on the record. It's a lot of fun to play live, especially. Yeah, I think it like introduced a sort of new sonic palette to the kinds of songs that we were writing before it's not a huge departure but i feel like i I like what has been introduced in it and what we've sort of i don't know what we've done with it whoa new sonic palette Mm, yeah yeah there's 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 definitely new instruments on there that we've never explored before like saxophone choir your synth tones are really nice i I love i love what you're doing there thank you it's mutual Aw, Ott, the band has a great origin story. I would love you guys to catch people up. Uh, well... I'm talking about the 2012 student protest. I see, okay. (laughs) So to give context to that context, we were all living together, minus Ben. The three of us were, me, Tim, and Tim. And Ben was a very good friend of one of our other roommates. Uh, And so we just used to play a lot of music, because in the apartment we were living in, we could do that. This Ben guy, who is he? Ben is the bassist of uh, the Ott, as I like to call them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we were living together, and Ben would come over, and we'd all play music. Uh, and then, yeah, at the same time, there was this sort of huge revolt of kind movement. Yeah, movement's probably a more broad term for it. And, I mean, being students as well as, like, being people on the left, we were interested in it and participated in it and... It was definitely a very inspiring time, lots of really difficult but good conversations, lots of learning, lots of growth. Yeah, so it was like a pretty pretty amazing time to be in Montreal and a very formative experience for definitely getting a sense of um, what what we can do when we work together, solidarity. Tim, why don't you tag team this? Well, I mean, I'm trying to cover what's left. I think more broadly also there was like a kind of just like an energetic feeling in Montreal at that time. Um, like it was a lot of like, I don't know, just new energy and like, um, you know, marching in the streets, especially as Americans, three of us being Americans, one, Tim King is Australian, but I assume he's would express a similar sentiment, like never had experienced anything like that. And there's a big history of it in Quebec of these sort of mass marches and protests and just to experience a crowd of that size with a sort of singularity of purpose uh, is really powerful and I guess more like broadly I think that like energized us as well which Matt sort of touched on but you guys were in the house that you all shared save one guy and the protests happened so describe to me a little bit from memory the moment you saw it all happening. Yeah, I do have this one memory. We were, like, on our back porch, and we had just sat down to dinner. We were, like, somebody had cooked. Mm. And then we, like, 
all got up and like left like mid meal and like we were just out for like an hour yeah um like mar- doing like there were these night night marches casserole. yeah the casseroles and they were incredible like th- those are my favorite for mm-hmm. sure like just seeing like families out like banging pots and pans and like um i feel like the way that we live is increasingly isolated and even in a city you can be kind of in this teeming mass of people um but be like incredibly isolated and not really meet your neighbors i feel like that's like not a thing anymore for a lot of people like to introduce themselves even when they move into a new building or something like that and to suddenly experience like your neighbors all like pouring out of the apartment building at the same time like kind of meeting people or just sort of just witnessing each other and kind of having that acknowledgement of like a shared experience is really amazing you know people come at it in very different ways like there there are many different schools of thought, if you will, as to sort of why people were out in the streets, whether it was the protest law at the very end or tuition fees or, or you know, general social economic grievances, political grievances. And so there was something very magical about, you know, we disagree on a lot of things, even in a sort of small sector of the world, politically speaking. But there are some things that we are willing to not necessarily overlook the differences, but to say that we acknowledge the differences and we're going to sort of try to achieve certain goals or or just generate certain energies and generate certain attention so i for me that was that was a huge learning experience of feeling that what what felt before then to be a very divisive or divided um like political current uh, all of a sudden felt you know certainly not 100 percent united or speaking with one voice but rather that we could incorporate difference and you know different strategies different outcomes uh into a fairly large nebulous movement. So now, Tim, why don't you bring it home and talk about how these experiences caused you guys to form together as ought? Um, Well, to complicate the narrative a little bit, I mean, we were playing music prior to the student strike. The genesis of ought just coincided very strongly with the student strike. So, I don't know, I mean, we, we... participate in this narrative and like we we talk about it and it, you know especially with the first record it came up all the time and like it, it is relevant to our music and like to like the environment that we came out of but also like we were kids playing music together um in the years leading up to that as well uh well i mean there were many nights um i think the you know the mobilizations themselves lasted for over a year um but yeah, I mean, like Tim was saying, we we were playing music before then, and I think it was it was a very special time um, and a very creative time for lots of people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think we just really liked playing music with each other and felt very supported by our friends and peers. Um, and so we just got, I mean, a combination of lucky and, you know, something else that people were interested in booking us for shows. And so... And we got the attention of people from Constellation because, you know, one of them was a fan and brought the others out. So that was a really cool moment. Um, Constellation is a record label. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, Constellation in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, t- to me, it was just a it was a many, many different events that kind of all happi- happily coincided with um, getting to, asked to, to record a record for them. And then, you know, we, we still love it and we, we keep doing it. So... You know, it's yeah. It feels like a a lot of decisions led to 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 that one as well as here, and yeah, it, it's nice. <laughs> so I think that it's time to play another track. I'm gonna play these three things off your latest record, "Room Inside the World." I would like one of you guys to get us ready to hear the track. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a dance track, which is new for us. Um. But it it's sort of a dance. The way I think about it, obviously, as the vocalist, so this is skewed, but I think of it as a dance track mixed with, like, a long poem. <laughs> um, the lyrics are, um, I don't know, about, like, engaging with, like, hedonism or, like, community, like, kind of dance, like, finding that sort of, like, liberation from, like, what ails you, like, de- your depression or, like, your day or whatever. When you wake up in your morning, head on down the river. See your soul, feel its sway. Hear the world screaming, listen your name. Makes it seem like nothing could 
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track These Three Things by a band called Ott, off their latest record, Room Inside the World. I have two members of the band here in their tour van. So much headroom in here. It's great. Tim talked about it before we heard it. It's your turn now, Matt. I remember very much when we were writing it uh, and started demoing it that it felt a lot like an Arthur Russell song, which I think... We played it for someone the other day, or maybe they were just like, I think it was someone in Flasher who we're touring with. And they were like, oh, interesting. Like, I wouldn't have thought that at first, but... And Arthur Russell is? A musician. New York. New York, yeah. Made lots of really beautiful uh, records. And I guess a lot of them were posthumous as well. Yeah, he, like, spanned a lot of genres, um, like, very sort of experimental in, like, a playful way, like a lot of cello and vocal, but also, like, made... I think his one hit was like a disco track and yeah, yeah the original version was you know because it is based on a drum machine but it, like the demo was like much more like lo-fi and I think had a bit more space in it mm. yeah. yeah definitely so that that's kind of how I still think of it because in, in my mind it like it definitely changed a bit in the in from the you know in, initial idea to to the ex- final version of it but yeah to me it still retains that spirit of playfulness of these like nice melodies and uh very thoughtful lyrics tim uh if i may over uh yeah over like a fairly upbeat but like kind of odd dance track yeah. it's like it's not like electronic but it's not like a rock song it's yeah. like you know i'm not saying it's like 100 percent unique but it's just like to me it's an interesting mix of of sonic palettes yeah, and I think that's much more appropriate to the way that we conceived the song. We really didn't think of making like a new wave dance track at all. It was yeah. really like written with the drum machine, Tim Keem was playing viola, and um, yeah, kind of creating this sort of off-kilter pop song. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Ott, 
I was reading for this record that you guys created a mood board, audio and visual. You guys are cringing when I bring that up, but <laughs> I still did. So I'd love it if you guys could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun uh, exercise uh, for I us. Should it, look at the mood board. I know, I know. I we keep getting yeah, we keep getting asked about it, and, and none of us we remember like the same three things on it. But but yeah, so I mean, I guess. It, it was just a very fun thing where we had talked, we had talked about it in to going into making the second record as well. Though it didn't get as much a specific or a, sorry, a material mood board, if you will. But we had talked about wanting to sort of see where each other were at musically. What were we listening to? What were we excited by? What did we feel like we wanted to do with this third uh, now out record? Um, and so, yeah, it was, you know, we would send around a couple songs each, couple albums, some visual art, uh, some, like, stills from films. I remember being in there. Just things that, like, I don't know, we were interested in, excited by, we thought would be motivational, we thought would be maybe enlightening to sharing what's in our our inner worlds, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. To me, that was, like, a very helpful process because I... I was forced to sort of think about five songs, for example, that, um, you know, I, I wanted the rest of them to hear or if they had already heard it, maybe to think about in a new way. So why don't each of you say one thing that you circulated with the rest of the band? Uh, cool. OK. Um, let me see. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's hard to remember. Uh, yeah. I, it's been like it's been two like two years since we started making the mood board. Yeah. Yeah, a little under. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think... So then, how about... I'll, pu- <laughs> I'll rephrase the question then. How about you tell me a song that right now you'd like to send to the rest of the band? That's a great question. Um, if you have something, you can go ahead. I'm going to... Well, I can remember a few of the things that were in there, which just to get to the original... <laughs> I, like, I know that like there was like Van Dyke Parks. Mm. Um, For those who don't know, what is that in a sentence? Uh, well, this is Tim Keen's edition, but he did, like, his song cycles, um, and he worked on, like, the Beach Boys records, like, doing arrangements and that sort of thing. Um, Tim Keen was, you know, thinking a lot about arrangements on this record uh, as well, which ended up being really great. And uh, Ben put in the Mekons, mm-hmm. uh, which are, they're like, a, a they're a rock band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know anything more no, about that? I, I mean, I rem- really remember liking it because I, I, I didn't know them at the time, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I ahead. think I put in like the second half of Low and Big Thief. Mm. <laughs> those are great. Yeah. Um, so for people who want to check those out, what are those? Well, Low is the classic David Bowie record, and Big Thief are an amazing American rock band that I highly recommend checking out. And I think if I'm right, uh, the second half of Low, as you said, is the sort of more experimental, or I don't know, but it's less song based, right? Is that right? Yeah, well, it's got. I, I think it's Sound and Vision, which is like one of my favorite yeah, yeah, David Bowie tracks. Um, Maybe that wasn't the right representation. I just remember there was. There's kind of a, like an A and a B, and I mm-hmm. couldn't remember what sort of divided them. But well, it was either the A or the B. <laughs> if it, I was the, I was probably more into the like songs. the the pop side. So you're right. I think it starts with the weird stuff and gets into the song. So that's probably that makes sense. Weird, though. It so I'm probably wrong. Bowie, yeah, you know. That's true. If, yeah. So would it be a stretch? Because in a second, I'm going to play Disgraced in America. Mm. Would it be a stretch to ask for something that you passed around that may have found its way into this song? Ooh, into Disgraced in America. Um, it's funny. I, I almost feel like maybe the Bowie thing isn't terribly off. Like the, uh, the choruses. Yeah, bit, the yeah. choruses and the sort of the end where, not specifically maybe the, the, the rip and drum bit, but like that kind of sonic world of, of like expansive sounds all sort of happening at once um that probably isn't terribly far off uh i guess there's a bit of a velvet underground thing like the keys are doing a fairly like you know two chord back and forth progression and i definitely like love that band a lot so i could i think i would kind of remember thinking about them as as something on that track definitely i think velvet velvet underground's spot on Birds fly around while the dividends pay Birds fly around while I'm picking up change Cropping out tokens and living in a haze Bird lights in the dungeons and plumbing in the graves Something was a concert, some song was played But never was delivered and a franchise was made It would have 
dividends to pay And birds fly around the line Figure out the change and I'm feeling hazy Demarcation, demarcation See those lines in the light Disgraced in America by a band called Ott. I have two members of the band trapped with me in their tour van. I would love it if I could get this time Tim to talk a bit about this track. Yeah, well, this was one, um, I think it was one of the earlier ones that we started writing, and the vocals like often go away with a demo um, or like an iPhone recording of what we've been working on and do the like work on the vocals separately, and did that a lot more on this record and ended up with like vastly different versions of vocals for each song and uh this was one where i went into the practice space um like after hours so to speak because when we're writing we kind of do like a like an 11 to 5 sort of schedule and like we try to write every day and so i went in after and was working on the vocals and i remember like the the jam space looks out over the highway and like over like a good part of montreal you can see the mountain you can see the cross and like high rises and buildings and that sort of thing but I was looking at the window and like birds flying around and that's where the lyrics started to come and um, then like they all just came at once and this one has uh, some of my favorite lyrics I guess there's some really lyrical moments I'm proud of I guess (laughs) the United States is going through a little bit of a tough time right now with a title like that you could have made the lyrics be about a lot of things that's true that's true Um, and we were kind of in that moment writing like Donald Trump wasn't president yet, but he the the cycle was happening and just the kind of tumult of like I mean even just his presence in the in the election and obviously a lot of the other candidates were bringing stuff up as well like including the Clinton campaign and mm. um, just like really this the political situation in America which is uh, it's hard it's hard like even today like the the March for Our Lives, like, um, it's, you know, so beautiful and so inspiring. And it's also, and we were talking about it driving out of Seattle today, like, well, they're they're protesting um, for gun control, like, in support of gun control. It's legitimately, like, heartbreaking to, like, see, like, a young mother, like, walking around, like, carrying a sign, like, or with her baby, like you were saying, and, like, having to, like, think about that, like, a child going to public school and not feeling safe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. I, I can't, I can't believe it. Like, I remember when I was in high school, I did this this after school program called youth and government um to like get into a college (laughs) i remember me and my friend alex like proposed a bill that was like an assault weapon ban in new hampshire because that's where i went to high school and you know that was uh like eight years ago now and there's been you know absolutely no movement on that issue in that time and it just it's incredible to me that that's something that even like the most like ardent supporter of like gun rights feels that like a person should be able to own um and obviously you know moving beyond that like just like disarming america more generally disarming the police force like these things like an idea like that becomes more viable if like you know there are just less guns writ large and they've been really successful buyback programs like in australia and i i can't believe it but i'm so i'm so sad that it, it has taken this much bloodshed to get to marches of this size and this sort of outcry but it really feels like this is a moment where a lot is hopefully going to happen i don't like to get too political on this podcast but what i find interesting about you guys is that you're born and raised american and now you make your home in montreal and so you've gotten to see 
how the world could be in a different context. Now, I'm not saying by any means that Canada has all its problems solved, but I am saying that I think that the reason why it's been so slow to have any kind of movement in the States around surrounding this issue is because people legitimately don't see another way or haven't been exposed to it. I definitely think that's a good... Yeah, like I think the first is, yes, definitely not being exposed to the possibility that that's not how all societies are. <laughs> not everywhere do kids get shot in schools, do like black people get shot by the police every day. Like there are places where those things don't happen. But then I think the other part of it is this kind of American exceptionalism, which is tricky, where people are like, yeah, sure, maybe that doesn't happen there. But America's like, you know, it's the price we pay for the freedom of being able to carry a weapon wherever you want or this faux threat of, of authoritarianism that so-called, like that for whatever reason is used to justify uh, the the right to bear arms in that particular way. And I think it's kind of like the healthcare thing in America as well. Like why does everywhere else in the world basically have universal healthcare, state-run healthcare? And I think it's kind of works the same with guns. As some people like are absolutely baffled when you explain to them the Canadian or UK or French healthcare system. And they're like, what? How is that possible? That That's like, you mean you don't have to pay it like... To see a doctor, that's crazy. I don't get it. And then some people are like, yeah, well, you know, but we have f- the freest healthcare system in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the most liberty, which is a, a joke. But Yeah. I feel like so many of these, like, discussions are, there's such a fear element to them. Like, people who have a vested interest in the status quo making people afraid of Sub, like the the alternative like even with healthcare like you're going to end up paying to like subsidize like some like grandmother's like medication that like someone you don't know or like just these are kind of a that's not a bad thing <laughs> but like um even with like public schools like the people who are like oh like your you know your tax money is like paying you know you might ne- not necessarily have kids your kids have already graduated or whatever and like these arguments for private schools and yeah. that sort of thing and um I mean, with guns, the fear element is obvious where, like, it, it, it it's frustrating. And it, it, I feel like not to, like, propose this on behalf of the band, but I think that there is some element of, like, trying, like, what art does with politics. where like, talking about things in, like, a kind of real way where it, like, kind of demystifies some of these, like, bigger ideas. But also, like, I think trying to, like, on a personal level, like, as a lyricist or, like, a person, like, trying to remove some of that, like, fear element. And, like, even with a song like The Weather Song, like, taking the piss a little bit out of the idea of, like, authoritarianism or, like, being kind of trapped into, like, certain ways of living, even, like, just socialization in general, like, this is how you should be, like, kind of trying to, like, take some hot air out of that. And I feel like... You know, these are things you, like, do for your friends and, like, you do, like, in, like, political communities or, like, people seem to do on Twitter and stuff like that. Nice. Well, why don't we play the weather song? How does that sound? That sounds great.
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. We just heard the weather song by a band called Ott. And I've got two members of the band here trapped in their tour van with me. I'd love it. Matt, if you could talk a bit about this track. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the first that we wrote, I want to say. It's certainly, yeah, certainly among the first. Uh, it's still really fun to play. The meaning still resonates um yeah i mean we've we've been playing it recently i mean we we never really stopped i guess but but we we certainly are playing it recently and and it's uh it's fun because i think for people who are familiar with us and who know the uh you know old material it's it's a lot of fun because you see people dancing and singing along and that's really cool and then i think there's probably a good amount of people who maybe weren't familiar with it before but i think it's it's a kind of song that brings people in pretty quick um so yeah, that's that's a fun one to play. So in between the second and the third record, Tim put out a solo record. You have often said while promoting your solo record that this solo record was the line between the old and the new of Ott. We just played an older track. How about you explain that line? Well, I think to correct you a little bit, I think other people have said that about my solo <laughs> record. Um, I think that there's truth in it for sure. But like some of the songs on my solo record predate Ought. Um, and yeah, in that way, like, you know, the newer songs and, and sort of the updated version of those songs are very much in conversation with, you know, who I am as a person and like sort of uh, where I was at, like when we were making Sun Coming Down, the kind of like other types of songs that I was really craving to work on. But it's not, obvi- there's no like direct line, like there's a, it's sort of a sub chapter within the band. And like for me, I could talk more you know fluidly about that like the kind of growth or whatever you want to call it that you know I was trying to do vocally like to sing more melodically in odd um that that was very much a part of that process so but they're I mean they're different very different projects in a lot of ways the live shows for my solo record were you know much more much less like high energy I guess than than the odd shows which was I guess kind of in a way like built around that like in a lot of sense so listeners can get a sense i'm gonna play a tall glass of water in the background while we're talking about this how will you tell people a sentence about this song well this is the closest song on my record to an odd song for sure so maybe i should play a different song <laughs> yeah maybe play joan i i really like that song I, I didn't get a ton of like time in the sun but i i i really like that song it's one of my favorites on the record joan to do a solo project and it's in between records from the main thing how do you have that discussion with your bandmates well in a way I wish I had more I we had like planned it out more because it really was like what I'll start by saying is that I didn't begin the process of making a solo record thinking that I would have a full album I thought I had an opportunity to record for free in Toronto uh, with some friends and so I went over there thinking I would do a couple of tracks and like maybe like have like an EP or just like a single or just like to have some songs like made 
Uh, and it was just sounding good and like the vibe with that group of people was great. So I, it sort of snowballed and like I would go back like in between tours and like record a couple of more songs. And it ended up like coming into this like fully formed thing that felt like, okay, like we sh- should do something with this. And um, yeah, I was really excited that like, you know, people were into it. Like I'm still like, you know, maybe one person every night will come up and be like, you know, I loved your solo record like at, at the art show. And I think there there is like a lot of crossover and there's some like definite like not crossover. And that's that's great. It was just really nice to release like such a personal document and have people respond to it. So, Matt, how did he break the news to you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't remember specifically. Like, I remember you were working on it before we were even started the second record or maybe after it was just after I remember playing you guys a track yeah. in the van oh yeah like yeah. we had like an early mix of totally. one of the tracks yeah I yeah I remember that as well I mean we used to do that like we all make music outside of this and I remember that was always a really fun thing especially on like long drives we used to play each other new stuff we were working on so I definitely remember that um, but yeah I mean it was it like it's a great record uh, it was very cool that it came out and yeah I mean it was like it was a no brainer I it was it was just like, yeah, it worked out well. Ben played bass for you a little bit. Yeah, Ben Ben did some of the live dates with me. That was really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Everybody in the band has great solo stuff. Like Matt makes music as countrywide. Um, ben uh, he has a budding DJ career. Yeah, there's a couple. He's got a couple remixes coming yeah, out really nice. that are genuinely. I mean, yeah, really, really nice. Uh, Tim Keen, uh, we you know in our. our short break was interning at a really cool studio in LA and um, he's been always been like producing other people's records but he's been expanding that it's really nice so Matt since I have you here how about you tell me a little bit about Countrywide and I'll play a song in the background oh no <laughs> I mean that's a yeah you gotta play You Are the River uh, You Are the River I Am the Swimmer that's and why should I play that sorry no 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 <laughs> please <laughs> You Are the River I am the swimmer Um, I mean, I that's very sweet. Thank you, Tim. I like that one as well. That, th- this was like, uh, God, years, five maybe years ago, four years ago. I had a bunch of songs sitting around that I would, like had, you know, rough garage band recordings of, uh, like the freeze recording software that comes with Max. And so, yeah, at some point I was just like kind of into the idea of putting them all together and it ended up being two albums worth of stuff. Um, and they're like kind of sonically similar, but like I, I split them up a little bit. Like there's one that's a little folkier and one that's a little noisier. But yeah, I mean it was fun. I haven't I haven't done anything with that project in in a, in a while. But um, so will I be able to find these tracks online? <laughs> yeah, probably. I uh, I think it's it's countrywide.bandcamp. Um, but I also I make uh, or I used to again this I hadn't put anything out in a while. I used to make more sort of noise and ambient music as well that's also on the same page so pick pick at your pick at your pleasure first of all tim and matt thank you very much for spending some time with me today i appreciate that at the end of the show i let the band pick one of their songs perhaps you should play a song a newer song that doesn't get played live or won't get played live for whatever reason and then tell me why um, yeah, I think Matt and I are looking at each other because we think you should play Brief Shield, mm-hmm. um, which is on the B-side, and uh, yeah, we all really love that track. We're not playing it live, and you should check it out. Why don't you play it live? I guess a couple reasons. Like, I mean, we we all love it, and I think we, at some point, would love to. I think it it's probably, like, I guess it just kind of came to the cutting board, if it will. The cutting floor? The the cutting board the cutting room floor thank you thank you tim uh yeah i mean i guess not a super strong reason but uh i play guitar on it um so it would have meant a slight change of setup um and yeah i mean i think we're playing almost all of the record anyway uh so we wanted to leave room to play older stuff too so and that song once more is brief shield off the record room inside the world thank you very much for being on my show thank you yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, 
This is Tim from Art and oh, let me start over. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim Darcy from Art. You're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. <laughs> 